Hello and welcome to the Knight Rider Podcast. My name is Sean D. Knight and this is a show that will focus on the art of writing, my journey to become an author through independent publishing, and discussions about my current writing project. It is my hope that this podcast will help me to further my writing and that you will join me on this journey as I attempt to write some magic and that this podcast will inspire you to write and publish your own story. So let us go on this journey together. It is August 10th, 2018 as of this recording, and I am entering into the 11th week of writing my current work in progress, but I have not done any writing since posting episode 11. Like I said in that episode where I talked about time and sacrifice, I am in the middle of adjusting to my new schedule and the small amount of free time I have. To record this episode, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, an hour before I'd normally wake up to get ready for work because by the time I get home, I am exhausted and that tends to be reflected in my voice. Of course, there are also new things and opportunities on the horizon for me. For example, if the sound quality is different for you, that is because I am using a new microphone to record my audio. As I stated last week, I discontinued an older podcast in order to free up more time for my writing. However, an opportunity has arisen where I will be paid to edit the audio for a new podcast, and nothing else. I cannot tell you anything about it except that it will be a political podcast where all I will have to do is record the conversation, edit it, and post it up for the client. I will not have to create the agenda, host it, or be a part of the conversation like I have had to do for the previous podcast I have been on and hosted. But in my attempts to come up with ways to give myself some extra time, I pulled out one of my old laptops that has not worked in a while. It is a compact mini laptop that used to run Windows Vista, which is no longer supported. So I decided to install a Linux-based operating system named Ubuntu in order to breathe new life into the old laptop and use it to write my novel while commuting to and from my new job. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes since the keyboard is pretty small, but it has got to be better than trying to write using my smartphone. At the very least, if I can't do any writing on the commute for the novel, I'm going to try and use that time to write on my blog. So let us move on to this week's topic. It was inspired by one of our night writers who shared a link to their Reddit post asking about traditional races or new ones. And in this post, Loki wrote, quote, After long preparation, I have finally begun the world building process. In preparation, I have looked up the do's and the don'ts of world building and writing fantasy, and many people advise me to stay away from traditional races like elves, dwarves, etc., as well as to stay away from the medieval European setting. However, when brainstorming what I want the plot of my story to be, I came up with the attributes that I want my main race to consist of, and it's very similar to elves, but they differ in some places. This race does have magic capabilities, and they are very connected to nature, but they usually reside in cities and more urban areas and have more developed man-powered technology. An example of this is they have something that's like a car, but rather than gasoline, it runs by being pedaled like a bike and is made out of wood. This race isn't a mining race and only runs on renewable energy, so it is very connected to the elements like water, air, earth, etc. As for their physical appearance, they stand at around 12 feet tall and their skin is usually yellow or green to represent that connection to the earth. 
Now that you know a bit about them, is this race elven or should I try to give it a different name based on its attributes? As an extension of that question, if there are other similarities between races and cultures, should I still try to name them uniquely or would giving them the name of the race they most represent and instead describing the altered attributes be more appropriate, such as dwarves but not being miners and not living in mountains? I ask because I know that the benefit of using a commonly known race such as elves and dwarves is that the reader immediately knows what kind of being they're looking at and they know the general, though a vague, idea of the culture and history surrounding the people, but a downfall to using these is that there is very little wiggle room once the initial idea is implemented, and that can lead to boring your reader with a story about races they've read about hundreds of times, and I would like to know which direction to take it from this point onward. One more question, would you enjoy the story more if the races were traditionally named or uniquely named, end quote. Now, there's a fair amount to tackle here, but I quickly wanted to address what Loki said at the beginning of his post when it comes to the do's and don'ts of world building. If you have listened to episodes 8 and 9 where I talk about world building, you will know that I think it is an important process of writing a great book. But this is the first time I have heard it said that an author should try and stay away from not only traditional races, but from the medieval European setting. There are reasons why these are constantly referenced or the inspiration for a lot of books, and that is because Western audiences seem to enjoy the traditional races and the European setting. I know that I, as a reader, love the setting of and elves and dwarves and orcs. I tend to gobble it up and let it influence my own work. That is not to say that other settings are not as interesting. It is just that the European medieval setting is one that Western civilization is familiar with and is widespread throughout the world. I'm not saying that other settings, such as ancient China, wouldn't sell well, but in the West, a lot of people are not as familiar with that setting. I would attribute this lack of knowledge to the state of our educational system, at least here in the United States, which does not cover it in an extensive manner unless students choose it as an elective study. And we know how most students feel about history. So if someone is advising you to stay away from traditional races and the medieval setting, I would have to say that they are offering you bad advice especially if you're looking to write a successful novel. Now, in regards to Loki's specific example of what he should name his race, he described the physical attributes as being 12 feet tall with yellow or green skin color. As a reader, this does not sound like the elves I tend to read about when it comes to fantasy, especially ones that are 12 feet tall. While this race has an affinity for nature and wields magic, like some elves, those two physical attributes could cause confusion for the reader or pull them out of the story. Of course, an author might be able to get away with this, but that depends on the execution. Whether or not you execute this successfully will depend on the beta readers at that point. However, personally, I would not attribute the word elf to this race. It would be better to come up with a new name or a variation of the word elf. That said, in a series of novels that I have been doing a lot of world building for, that I will not be talking about in this show very much, I do have elves in it. But the physical attributes for my elves vary from the standard description in two ways. The first is that they don't have pointed ears, and the second is that they only have slightly angular facial features. Essentially, they look like regular human beings who are just immortal, but I do have an explanation for why that is, which I cannot divulge since it is a secret for that particular series. Yet on the topic of whether or not an author should rely on the traditional fantasy races of elves, dwarves, goblins, and orcs for their story, it really depends on the execution and the story. As Loki pointed out in his post, the benefit of using traditional races is that most readers are already familiar with them, and so you do not have to spend a lot of time describing them. When introducing new races to the reader, descriptions have to be more in-depth if the author wants to paint as clear a picture of what they have envisioned. 
Not only that, but personally, if you as the author want to introduce a new original race to the reader, make their names easy to pronounce or include somewhere near their introduction a pronunciation of the name. I can tell you many other times I've read a book not having a clue how to properly pronounce the name because the author did not convey that to me in a readily available way. Now, come to think of it, genre tends to be a factor in whether or not traditional or new races are used. On one hand, you have the fantasy genre where you have the traditional races of elves and dwarves being a main staple of this genre. I would also say that the she, fairies, vampires, and werewolves are also some of those traditional races that are used in fantasy overall. But in sci-fi, it is rare to see traditional races used. Not that this hasn't been the case. In this genre, new races and creatures are created making sci-fi the best genre for letting the author's imagination be allowed to run wild because it is not restricted to Earth and its various settings. Instead, you have an entire universe to play in. Let me be clear though, that just because you are writing a fantasy story, you cannot create new races. But most of the time, authors will create new creatures, but not new races. Like I said before, elves are something I plan to have in another series of novels, which I will not be working on for a while. It will also include dwarves and goblins, but also sentient animals that are races of their own. In my current project, Forget Me Not Father, I am taking this particular concept and applying it here. In chapter 12, which I am currently trying to sit down and write, I am introducing a sentient basilisk named Skyetha. In our Knight Rider Community Discord channel, I posted the general outline for the chapter. My concept for the sentient animals is based on the idea that for certain magical races, if they live long enough, they become self-aware and grow to become sentient. So I would say that this is my way of introducing a new race in my book. Though Skyetha will not have any major impact in this particular book or have any further appearance past its introduction, at least not that I can think of, but as I have found out since I started writing this book, Things can always change. So let me know what your opinion is when it comes to reading about traditional races or new ones. And if there is a particular topic you would like me to discuss when it comes to writing a novel or trying to become a self-published author, just let me know and I will try my best to answer. Remember, I'm still learning the ropes of writing and publishing myself, and that is something we can do together. A side note, let me know what you think about the audio quality. I'm still trying to figure out the settings for this new microphone. It is very sensitive and seems to pick up a lot of background noise. So if you have any suggestions on how I can clean up the audio, I would appreciate your input. Thank you for listening to the Knight Rider Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this show, and if you would like to learn more about the current project or reach out to me, then you can follow me on Twitter at Knight or use hashtag KnightRider, or chat with me on Facebook or Instagram. If you are looking for a community of aspiring writers and enthusiasts, then join the Knight Rider community on Discord. I'll provide links in the description of this podcast. If you are listening to this on Anchor, please give the episode a clap. And for those listening on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. While YouTube viewers like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Goodbye, and let's write some magic.